the top star in the business, but other forces worked against him and he never managed to penetrate Be with you in a minute. His WCW career was nothing to scoff at. He had some cracking matches and moments and held the tag team titles, but it could have been so much more had the stars aligned. Number four, Alex Wright. There are prodigies, there are wonder kids, and then there is Das Wunderkind. The second generation grappler made his professional debut in his native Germany at the tender age of 16 before gaining further experience overseas in Japan. Whoa. The dancing babyface made his way to WCW while still not of legal drinking age and impressed in lower card bouts with the likes of Jean-Paul Levesque and Brian Pillman. Obviously talented, he gained fans in the locker room, including Ric Flair, who was supposedly one of his biggest supporters. Good looking and great Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that. A bit of wrestling news as I was uh, warming up for the little thing I'm about to do today. So there's this uh, new, supposedly new name for the new world order going around uh joe biden brought it up the other day and he called it the liberal wait let me get this cigar out of my mouth he called it the liberal world order um and it ties in a little bit with this book. I'm going to do a podcast with my tag team partner later on. Uh, we're going to read this book and review it. But Newt Gingrich has a new book out. Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future by Newt Gingrich. Uh, and I'll get uh, to a quote from that book later. Uh, remember to do the like, share, subscribe thing, and follow me on Rumble or on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. I finally got all the names for the show changed on Rumble and on uh, Anchor.fm. I went back to the Panic Attack name for the show. So this liberal world order, what is it? What's it about? What's going to happen to us? We're all going to hell. That's what's happening. I hope not. Uh, well, I, I know I'm not. Maybe you are. Maybe we all are. Alright, so... From, from Wikipedia... But <laughs> yeah, alright. If you say so. got an important text message so uh, international relations the liberal international order describes a set of global rule based <laughs> couldn't read my writing I started to say what's a cool base no that's an R not a C rule based structured relationships based on political liberalism economic liberalism and liberal internationalism 
since the late 1940s. That's a surprise to me uh, because I didn't know this was around since the late 1940s. Study political science, international relations, and watched the news my whole life and never heard this terminology before uh, recent days, to be honest with you. That, that's no big deal. You know, there's a lot of things in the world I probably haven't heard of. Um, but this is, it seems like this is the, uh, post-World War II United Nations type of regimes they're talking about. Also, I think they're using the more modern definition of liberalism with, uh, Big government, more socialist, more uh, state-centered, big governments. Because classical liberalism is kind of the opposite of that. It's a little more open, a little open, more open-minded, and less government, more freedom for the individual, and so on and so forth. The Council on Foreign Relations, and this is a, a much more reliable source, okay? Uh, it's The website is world101.cfr.org. They say after World War II, world leaders create a series of international organizations and agreements for security, trade, health, and monetary policy. Championed by the United States, that's true. We uh, got ourselves into this mess. Known as the liberal world order, for the past 75 years, now I want you to think about this for a minute. For the past 75 years, the world has enjoyed unprecedented peace and prosperity this is the promise of the liberal world order. And they say that it's been delivered on for the last 75 years. That being since the end of World War II. Now, I would argue to say that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, Robin Williams, who was a big big, big, big uh, neoliberal or modern liberal and a big supporter of the United Nations, uh, UNICEF. Uh, what's that other one? It's a United Nations subcommittee. Um, does it count? Oh, I can't think of it now. There was a commercial of his where he's being Robin Williams and they're spinning the wheel of misfortune. And is it going to land on torture? Is it going to land on death? Is it going to land on blah, blah, blah? And, uh, anyways, whatever organization that was, that was one of the organizations the 
Council on Foreign Relations says is going to bring world peace. Basically, the UN, NATO, all these sub-organizations within those organizations, along with non-governmental organizations, we're going to keep us all peaceful and happy and, and healthy and wealthy. So let's take a break here. Absorb that. Let's, let's reiterate what the point of the liberal war, world order is and the great things they've been doing for us since the end of World War II from the Council on Foreign Relations. World leaders created a series of international organizations and agreements, health, trade, security, and monetary policies. Okay? That's what their organizations and their agreements were based on. Security, trade, health, and monetary policy. It was championed by the United States, known as the Liberal World Order. For the past 75 years, the world has enjoyed unprecedented peace and prosperity. According to the Council on Foreign Relations, CFR.org, this is what the Liberal World Order brings. Has brought, pardon me, has brought. So, this is where it gets weird. Not very long after World War II, uh, um, immediately following World War II, we had the start of the Cold War, right? Right. Glad you agree with me. Then, okay, a few years post-World War II, you had the Korean War of the 1950s. Then you had the Vietnam War. Then you had Afghanistan. This is just the United States. Let's not forget Russia was in Afghanistan. The French were in Vietnam before the United States. Uh, but anyway, this is just the United States, okay? These are American wars post-World War II during this unprecedented time of peace, according to the Council on Foreign Relations and any liberal stupid enough to believe them. So the United States was involved in Korea along with other nations. It was a, it was a UN peace action okay united the united nations that or one of the organizations invented to prevent wars started a war and called it a police action also i think that's what they tried to call the vietnam war it was also uh it was the united states picking up where france left off but it was supposed to be a multi-nation uh fight against communism Anyhow, I'm not going to get into the details of Vietnam. Now, when you talk Afghanistan, I'm talking right now about 
the United States post September 11, 2001. But you also have to remember from the late 70s until the late 80s or possibly, yeah, late 80s, uh, Russia was trying to invade Afghanistan for strictly for uh, territorial purposes for more control of that region. Then in 1991 and in 2003, you had the United States involved in wars in Iraq. So that's just the United States. Billions, trillions possibly of dollars spent in on wars, in wars, not the entire globe at war all at once, which is what World War II was, but still you had a war of some kind somewhere in the world that whole 75 years of supposed unprecedented peace. Where was the peace, CRF? Council on Foreign Relations. Where was the peace, guys? Smaller conflicts. These are just, the still, this is what the United States was involved in. 1961, Cuba. The attempted invasion at the Bay of Pigs. Uh, we had a little scuffle in the Dominican Republic. Uh, 1982, the United States was in Lebanon. Uh, Grenada, I forget what that was about. That was a, a little hoot nanny. Uh, the United States was had a little scuffle in Panama. We were in Somalia, had a big scuffle with Somali warlords and pirates. Haiti, basically at this point throughout the nine, these are all in the 80s, well, 60s. All right, forget it. We're playing world policemen in these events, except for Cuba. Uh, Cuba was part of the Cold War that almost turned it into a, a world war. Anyhow, so we're playing policemen in Lebanon, Grenada, Panama, Somalia, Haiti, Bosnia, Kosovo, and Libya. Other nations, you had Don... It's called the Donbass region. And you had Ukraine and Russia fighting over there since 2014. Okay, and you might as well just say through the present because really that's when the, world, the war between Russia and Ukraine started and Ukraine started it. Uh, then you have the Iran coup of the 1970s. You have... Saudi Arabia bombing the shit out of Yemen, saying that they're killing terrorists with American weapons. And during the 1980s, you had the Iran-Iraq War, one of the ugliest wars in human history. A war of attrition, a war of chemical weapons. It was just insane. Okay. Let's look at the prosperity side of this, because that's bullshit too. Uh, 
depending on where you're at in the world, there is prosperity. Now, you're for, if you're a globalist and you're at the top, you know, they say top 1%, but what, you know, whatever. If you're at the very top of the world, like you're the George Soros, Soros you're the Elon Musk, and I don't take, well, George Soros kind of was friends with Nazis, so I do take some things away from him. But I don't hold anything against Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Donald Trump, of course, or any of these people. Don't have anything against them. You can be as rich as you want in my book. If you invest or if you invent something and you take the risk to start a business, you're absorbing all the risk. I, as your employee... I'm saying, I don't want to take a risk. I want to work for someone else. So I can't hold anything against you. But my point is, yes, for the, the wealthiest people in the world and people who became wealthy during those 75 years, yes, it was an unprecedented time of prosperity. And overall, of course, because of ex the expanding number of humanoids on the planet, the expanding business relationships between developed and developing nations, which was always around, it just got bigger and better over the last 75 years. Of course, there was prosperity. But if you're the po working folk, the ones that choose not to take the big risk and start their own business, or they're, they're just not skilled for that. Maybe their skill is something else. Like, oh, making steel. Was it prosperous for the steel workers? 3,000 steel workers went to work on what was called Black Monday. Lunch boxes in hand, hard hats on head, into the steel mills in Youngstown, Ohio to be turned away and told you're all laid off. That was not a prosperous day for those 3,000 men and women, mostly men. And that the next decade was not prosperous for them. It was horrific. I lived here. I lived through it. My grandpap and my uncles were three of those men that within a week... 5,000 men or more in this region were laid off. Now, Prosperous, the company that owned those steel mills, U.S. Steel, prospered greatly. The Friday before Black Monday, U.S. Steel held a press conference and reported record profits. And you're telling me, Council on Foreign Relations, the liberal world order brought unprecedented prosperity. Not for those 3,000 guys, that's for damn sure. The corporations, the global, the globalists as they're called now, the richest 1%, fuck yeah, they prospered tremendously. Other things... The, the 1970s oil embargo, 
where this where Saudi Arabia and uh, the other oil producing nations said, hey, wait a minute. The United States and the rest of the world screwing us over on these oil prices. We got a monopoly on this stuff. We should be getting wealthy like their oil executives and their oil companies. So they band together to create OPEC. Hold on a second. I got to relight my cigar. saw the oil producing nations of the Middle East ganged up and said, hey, everybody out of the pool. We're raising the price of oil by slowing down the supply. Suddenly, you had crazy inflation because oil prices jumped overnight. You had oil shortages, gasoline shortages lines around the block at the gas stations in the United States and probably other parts of the world too. Was that a prosperous time? Yes, for the oil barons of the Middle East, it was extremely prosperous for them. But again, they're in the top couple percent of the global elite. 2000s early 2000s, uh, around 99, 98, the, the uh, United States economic boom started to slow down. The tech boom, or what was it called? The dot-com boom, that's what it was. When the internet, the internet first became public in 95, you had several years of anything with dot-com after it could be turned into a business and you could prosper off the internet. And then around 98, 2000s, that crashed and you had recession for four, pardon me, the first several years of George W. Bush. Uh, and then about the middle of 2004, the economy hit a shot in the arm and we had big growth and big prosperity from middle of 2004 till about the middle of 2008. Then in 2008, all shit broke loose and it crashed. Uh, the housing market scam collapsed in America. So where is this unprecedented prosperity? Yes, if you're very wealthy or you're able to catch on or latch on to, a, let's say, a trend like Jeff Bezos was with the dot-com boom, you know, Amazon.com catches, for no reason whatsoever, catches shit from some liberals saying, and Jeff Bezos is a liberal. I mean, he's one of the most liberal guys there is when it comes to like tree hugging and all that uh, environmental stuff. I think he's even for higher taxes. He's so rich it doesn't bother him. Anyways, uh, Amazon is seen as like, oh, ripping off their employees. Oh, they getting rich while we starving. Bullshit. Amazon starts out at 15 bucks an hour or more. 
uh, depending on your position, but 15 bucks is the minimum there. And there's room for growth. And one of the complaints is, oh, uh, there might be 100 employees at the warehouse, but there's only one manager position available. Well, no shit, you can't have 100 managers. But there is room to grow and move up in Amazon. Now, Jeff Bezos has a theory that it's best to not keep employees or it's best for people to quit after you know three years because after that they start to become complacent. And he is correct in that. But the point is, it's not his fault that he got wealthy. I don't blame him for that. He started that Amazon.com. All it was was people could post on his website their book that they wanted to sell and sell it for, uh, or pardon me, sell it to somebody else on the internet. And now it's like the super store, supermarket of the, the world. It's the world's supermarket. You can buy anything there and have it shipped to you anywhere in the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there are always people that are in the working class that suffer. And they never see this 75 years of prosperity. So I don't believe that the, the liberal world order has created the peace and prosperity the CFR is talking about here. My question is, are they, or my theory, my thoughts are, is the CFR rewriting history to make the liberal world order sound great? To make these new big government, world government agreements sound splendid? Are there people that are such idiots and so uninformed about history and life that They forget the world has been in a constant state of war since the end of World War II. There's always been a war somewhere. Where's this unprecedented peace they speak of? We've had boom and bust cycles since the end of World War II during this 75-year period that the CFR speaks of. Joe Biden said we need a liberal world order as if it's something in the future. So is history being rewritten to make an even bigger liberal world order with more world agreements, more government agencies, more um, governmental organizations sound better? In Newt's book, as I was skimming through it the other night, he said that socialism or liberalism never ends in the utopia it claims. There's a guy named Jim Quinn who's on Pittsburgh radio and was broadcast all over the country, really, and he's still broadcasts on ham radio. I don't know what how that works, but... Quinn's first law is 
liberalism always creates the opposite effect for which it was intended. So if liberalism went out to solve world hunger, they would create world famine. If liberalism went to uh, create economic prosperity, they'd create poverty. If liberalism went to uh, create world peace, they'd create world wars. And I believe I just did a better job of proving, backing my points to that than the CRF did. Now, if you go through my Twitter and my getter at the real underscore Big John, you'll find a link to this Council on Foreign Relations page. I'll try to put it in the description on Rumble, but the main page is world101.cfr.org. And then there's a long trail after the slash dot org slash whatever. But I don't, sorry, I have not seen yet ye liberal world orders 75 years of peace and prosperity. What I see is what I was taught in college and what seems to be factual. Nations, states, whatever you want to call them. I'm talking about states, not like the United States, but political borders. Places with political borders. They're out for themselves. They're self-interested. They want what is good for them. Not what's good for everyone in the world, unless what's good for everyone else is also good for them. <laughs> You feel me? Governments, nations, whatever, however you want to say it, are self-interested. They're not going to do anything that does not benefit them. End of story. And to give the CFR a little credit where credit is due, they do mention in here, uh, you know, the rising worries about China. You might as well throw Russia in there. Uh, they talk about the success of the World Bank and International Monetary Fund. Uh, and I don't have time to go into all that. I've already talked for 40 minutes. And that's, you've lost interest by now. But still... No, liberalism will create the opposite effect for which it was intended. The liberal world order seems to me, if, if this is what we've lived under since the end of World War II, it's created conflicts, it's created poverty. Yeah, there's more money now, but you know, there's more people more trade, more corporations. So, anyways, I'm just repeating myself now. So, God bless you all. Pray for one another. I'll see you next time.